hard things is something as as humans you don't want to do you want to do what's easy you want to you want to do what's comfortable and my thing is doing hard things is getting outside that comfort zone pushing your limits um we tell our kids all the time we train the most growth and development is when you're uncomfortable mm. when you're cut when you're going through your training and you're comfortable you're kind of coasting you're just you're going through the motions you're not you're not getting that growth when you get outside your comfort zone and you're doing things you've never done before you're going at, you're going twice as fast as you have in your past drills, that's when you truly grow. And then as you truly grow, you start to understand who you are and, and your limits and, you know, all that, all that type of stuff. But it's big thing is getting outside your comfort zone. And honestly, it sounds, it sounds bad, but it, it can, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be stressful. It may be painful like that. Those are, those are part of um, doing hard things. It's not just, Oh, it's going to be easy. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it. If, if lifting and looking jacked like you was easy, everyone, everyone would be jacked. If being a division one basketball player was easy, everyone would make it that far. It's not their hard things. And you have to sacrifice different parts of your life to do those hard things and be successful. Welcome back to the AIM Podcast. Today we sit down with special guest, basketball skills coach, and content creator Bjorn Broman. In this episode, we talk about his childhood, getting into the game of basketball, playing college basketball, and even starting and running his own basketball academy with his brother Anders. You're going to love all the lessons that Bjorn talks about throughout this episode and the importance of doing hard things and how that will ultimately help you achieve more. Let's dive right into this episode. Without further ado, Bjorn Broman. This episode is brought to you by Elite SRS, an incredible company based out of the Northwest that we are proud to announce our partnership with on the AIM podcast. If you guys have not checked them out already, you need to do so right now. Not only do they make incredible premium, high quality and affordable jump ropes, but they stand for something as a brand that's so much bigger. Their mantra is do hard things and so is a perfect fit for the Ambition of Mind podcast to partner with Elite SRS and I personally love their jump rope. During a marathon prep, I've actually had jump rope be incorporated in my training and I use their jump rope every single week. So get out there, check them out, and make sure you do hard things with ambition in mind. Bjorn, thank you so much for jumping on the AIM podcast. Yes, sir, dog. Thanks for having me. Dude, I love the energy already out the gate. But my first question for you is... Do you honestly think that you can beat me in a three-point contest? I have beat you in a three-point contest. Like, when I, I don't you know. Beat me in a three-point contest? I, I, I don't. I don't know what you're what you're talking about. I can be. I in college, I'd beat you in a three-point contest. Tomorrow, I'll beat you in a three-point contest. In twenty years, I'll beat you in a three-point contest. All right. My follow-up to that is: Do you think you're the best shooter that's ever come on the AIM podcast? Behind Jimmer Fredette, behind Michael Savarino, we've had some, we've uh, had some studs. That's elite company. Ono Steger, Cam Gibson. A, all right, let me talk. That's that's elite company, but but I would say one A is myself, one B is Jimmer. So, so that's, you're okay. That's how, that's how I would put it. I mean, take it how you want it, but that's the confidence <laughs> I have in my shooting ability. You know, I respect that. I think that's on brand with this podcast. You know, you have a lot of ambition. 
you've done some dope it, stuff. It's it's a mindset. It's a mindset, though. Come on. It's definitely a mindset. Dude, let's go. All right. Well, listen, I want to dive into your story. I think um, you've done a lot of really cool stuff. And it's cool to see how you've leveraged different platforms to kind of reach more lives. But just let, let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you even get into the game of basketball? What was the origin story there? I know you've got a brother. I'm sure you'll, you'll mention here. But like, how did you even get into the game? Yeah, I mean, um, basketball has been a huge part of my life as far back as I can remember basketball or I've been I've been playing hoops. Um, and yeah, a lot of credit goes to my brother. Um, one of the biggest influences on in my life in the basketball world and off the court. Um, he's he's done so much for me. He's taught me taught me so much. Um, but yeah, he, he was a big uh, influence on me growing up playing basketball. I was, I'm about a year and a half younger than him. So anything he did. I was going along with. So he was playing his first year of basketball in kindergarten, first grade. I'm a year and a half younger and somehow I'm on the team. And then he's playing in the third and fourth grade division. And I'm in first grade and I'm in that division as well. So I kind of got kind of got dragged along playing with him. Um, but it, it helped me so much that I was playing against older kids, higher level. So that's all I knew from a young age, which then over time um, um, really paid off. 100%. How do you think that impacted your growth and development, like always playing with with older players and kids? Oh, it, it was huge. That's something um, that we teach our kids, our players, our clients now is uh, get outside your comfort zone, push your push your growth, play against better competition. Um, we try we tell our kids all the time, if you're in fifth grade, play against sixth graders, you see someone better than you go play with them, because that's how we get better. If you just if you stay where you are, play against worse competition, whatever, you're not pushing those limits. Um, so I think that played a big, big role in my growth and development as a kid um, all the way. Yeah. Throughout uh, high school. I love it. I think it's cool. And, and what another cool part about it is like the exposure element of like, you know, you, you grow up and you're, you're younger playing with these, these older guys, they're, they're able to do more. They're capable of more. I, I remember a story I was playing in Charlotte in an AU tournament in the sixth grade. And I was playing on an eighth grade team. I was playing on a team two years up. Um, and that was the first experience. I, that was the first game I was ever in where there was an in-game dunk. And I remember this dude drove baseline, pitched a guy cut down the middle of the lane. He pitched it back to him. And he went up with two hands and just dunked the crap out of it. And I was like, holy crap, like I'm, I'm playing with some guys that can go. And it's, it's cool because you get exposed to that. But then it, talk about what it does to your confidence, because obviously at first it might be kind of overwhelming you might nerve wracking but like as you get more comfortable being uncomfortable in those situations talk about how your confidence grows and how it can kind of help you develop yeah for sure um a story like that I went to a small Christian school like the Christian Academy Duluth Minnesota shout out to them um but we didn't have we didn't have big class sizes so when I was in fourth grade I'm playing on seventh and eighth grade middle school team and I am like three feet tall I'm skin and bone and I'm playing against these dudes that you know are seventh and eighth grade they're developing they're getting and we're getting smacked every game like every game we're getting smacked and I remember telling my parents I'm like these dudes have armpit hair like what what are we doing what are we doing playing against these guys um and that's that's but like that's playing against three years older I didn't realize at the time I'm like we're just getting smacked but then by the time I hit seventh and eighth grade I'm I'm crushing all the seventh and eighth graders around me, or now I'm playing JV varsity in seventh and eighth grade instead of getting to that level and playing against my own, my own age. But yeah, there's always moments where it's like a wake up call. It's like a welcome to basketball moment. And I think playing against the higher competition, seeing dunks, seeing this high level 
high level play. I remember playing the Nike EYBL um, with Howard Pulley and the first tournament, I was 15, my brother was 17, going to Anders first tournament. And the first player I walked in and saw was Jalil Okafor. And I'm like, I'm like, this can't be what the EYBL is like. There's no way players are this, this tall, this athletic. Um, and then watching them play at 15, watching my brother compete against them, my mindset instantly goes to that level. That like, that's how I want to play. I got to get to that level. Um, so yeah, it really does affect your uh, development. I love that. I know you, you reference Anders a lot and kind of just the way he kind of led and, and kind of helped you along the way. And, and you guys were on similar teams. But what was the dynamic like outside of like off the court, like growing up? I'm sure there was like a lot of battles. I'm sure there was good times, bad times. Like talk about the, the dynamic there of having a yeah. brother that close in age. Yeah, um, it was it was huge. It's a year and a half apart. Um, it was it was good and bad be totally honest, uh, mostly good, but there was battles. I remember there's uh, so many times we play one-on-one and typically it was me, but someone ends, leaves in tears. My mom breaks us, breaks us up. My dad is like smiling, kind of laughing. My mom's the nice one dividing us. And yeah, there was battles. And I think um, that was part of us taking that next step, uh, pushing ourselves. Um, He's, since since I was young he's been the hardest worker I've ever known in my life ever met in my life he's always uh pushing his limits whether it's fitness whether it's basketball whether um I don't know just everything so that instantly carried or was passed down to me it's like if honors is doing it I gotta keep up and um they I mean they always say um like your environment your atmosphere who you're around it really impacts how you think what you do um, I want to drop a really cool quote, but I know I'm going to mess it up. What is it like if you, if there's five millionaires in a room, you're, you'll be become the sixth. Is that, is that, a, is that a quote? Maybe I'm making that up right it, there. It makes sense. Yeah. Some, something like that. Cause it's who you're around um, is going to change your, 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 how you think, what you do, your process. Um, so just being around him, he instantly ta- taught me hard work, discipline, doing the little things, the details. And so from a young age, that's all I've known. I love it, dude. That's a good quote. And I agree. I mean, community is so important. And, um, you know, what's really cool, and I, and I don't want to go super deep here because we'll, we'll come back to this, but like what you guys have built with Brumman Academy, now you guys get to leverage a platform to make an impact on this next generation. And, and they're super blessed, obviously, have the opportunity to work with you guys and, and get poured into not only from a basketball standpoint, but just from a character standpoint, from a faith standpoint, all the different things that you guys can do to bring value to their lives. I think it's, that's the game, right? I mean, that's, that's essentially what we want to do with this platform is like, create a community where, you know, we can instill these, these ideas and, uh, and different characteristics into people and help them kind of have that ripple effect and, and carry that out. So that's awesome, dude. That's really, really cool. hundred percent. Appreciate that. Yeah, bro. So let's talk about your transition to high school. You were, give, give me the, give me the stats. I know you average, average 50. Is that right? 50 your senior year? Uh, 49.6, but <laughs> we, we can say 50. That's insane. <laughs> Literally, like, that's a, that was your average. That wasn't, like, a game high. Like, you averaged 50 points a game. That was my average. Like I said, we went to a very small Christian school um, where uh, faith was ultimately the most important thing, um, which – and then academics, pre- preparing you for college. And then I don't know how many tiers down the list was basketball. Like, it just wasn't the main thing. So, Anders, Anders started out. He – caught fire, got the basketball program rolling. 
I come in as well. Um, in my senior year, I did average 49.6 points a game. That's not who I am. I'm, I'm, I can score. <laughs> Sorry, I, can guys, score <laughs> I can score obviously, but ultimately my heart is a true point guard. Um, make the right play, whether it's 20 points and five assists or it's five points, 10 assists. Uh, I like playing the game the right way. I'm a smart player. I think it through, but my senior year, my role was scoring and uh, I made a few buckets. <laughs> did you ever get tired of scoring? Like, did you ever pour all up to the game? Like, man, I got to score 50 tonight. Like, <laughs> Doug, think about what question you just asked. Do you ever get tired of scoring? That's a Does, lot of volume, dude. And any basketball player. No, I, I get what you're saying. No, I never got tired of it. Um, but I, it was honestly great for my uh, – because my junior year, I had a, Anders left, and I had to pick up the scoring. Um, people that don't know, Anders, my older brother, averaged 44 a game his senior year. Uh, so when he left, I had to pick up the scoring. Um, but honestly, every game was a challenge. It really pushed – push my limits like every game am I going to be double team triple team single like why I don't know what they're going to throw at me is it going to be a trap a, a zone where they're going to trap me every time I touch the ball it it prepared me like it, it sounds crazy because it was 49 a game but I just got so many different looks I had to work so hard um just to get open that it it taught me things about my game myself that I had to keep getting better at for sure as you, as you entered into a more serious season of the recruiting process, was this something that schools were coming to you saying, like, we, we need you to score this at this clip? Or did they recognize kind of the well-rounded player that you were? Coming into a college system is very different than, I'm sure, you know, what you had in the situation you had in high school. Was that, was that something talked about in the process? Yeah, uh, a little bit. And I, honestly, it's still, like, the numbers is, is so crazy. It's almost, it's almost a little embarrassing. It's like, 49.6 what did you not pass the ball um but it's 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 it sounds crazy but the colleges um they didn't really care about our high school numbers being totally honest totally real they sure. cared about our au our au numbers we played with howard pulley out of minneapolis uh, minnesota played alongside tyus jones uh reed travis gary trent jr trey jones amir coffee all these guys that are in the nba and uh, when we would go put up 10 to 15 points uh, playing alongside those guys, that meant more sure. than the 49. Um, my, we'll get into my college that I ended up going to. They offered me after a tournament and they said one of the games that stood out, I had 0.7 assists with zero turnovers. And it just, that's, it just kind of shows like any game, I'll do whatever it takes. I'm a team player, whatever they need, I'm going to do, whether it's scoring, passing, being a, just a good uh, playmaker. Um, but yeah, scoring's fun, but it's not, it's not the, it's not everything. I love it, dude. Talk about that. You set it up nicely. So you end up attending Winthrop University. Correct. Talk, talk about the transition from going to that. I mean, obviously from, from a high school standpoint, I'm sure there's a big transition. You were playing with, yeah very competitive team in AAU. So I'm sure that that probably bridged the gap smoother, but talk about that transition to college basketball. I think it's something high level players do the best they can to prepare for, but until they step on the court, yeah, college yeah. Uniform, it's, it's, it's very different. So talk about what that looked like for you. Yeah. Playing with Howard Pulley, the Nike EYBL and my, my high school trainer that passed away, Will Starks, that prepared me so much for college that I, was able to step in. Um, I was blessed to start for all four years, um, but it is a, it's a giant step. It's, you, you don't understand it till you go through it. 
Um, I remember that first freshman summer because you have to go through summer school where you you get there the middle of the summer and you have nothing to do but work out, lift, play one-on-one every day. And I got cooked all summer, every day. Um, I was I was stepping into it. What'd you say? <laughs> no, Matthew Earps has never cooked me in my life. Never, never, ever. Um, but I, I stepped in and I my defense was shaky. Like all I knew was scoring, playmaking, and my defense wasn't amazing. It was solid, but if I, I'm I'm short, I'm not very athletic, I'm not that fast. Um, I had to put my mind to the defensive side. So all summer, um, I didn't really care about scoring. It shifted to if I'm gonna play, I gotta play defense. And cause I just was thrown into it. I just kept getting blasted and um, I figured it out, but there's just so many moments throughout the, my college freshman year where it's like, welcome to college basketball. Mm-hmm. This, yep, this, you just got dunked on. Welcome to college basketball. Oh, you just got, got put on ESPN top 10 oh, for the wrong reason. Oh, welcome to college basketball. So it was just part of it, but I was prepared in a sense through the EYBL. Um, but there was certain aspects of my game that, I really had to still work on. Sure. What did you learn? Like, what were, what were some big takeaways from a mental standpoint that you had to develop either, I'm sure, toughness. You, you played for a very demanding coach. And, and you take it however you want. But, like, what were some things that you developed over the course of your college career that helped you kind of establish a stronger mindset that you probably apply or use today? Yeah, I played for Coach Kelsey, Pat Kelsey. He's now at College of Charleston. He's a winner. That end of the day, he's a winner. Um, He's, but he's going to, he's going to push you. He's going to get the best out of you. And uh, not even just playing for a coach that's intense, just playing college basketball. There's ups, there's downs, there's happy times, there's lonely times. There's, there's just so much involved that mental toughness is huge. You know, you could, you get, uh, I remember we won a game by 20 and I walked to the bench and Marty McGillan just goes at me saying like, like you're trash. You played horrible. Don't get excited about this game. You didn't do anything to help us. And I'm like, like, are we, are we serious right now? We just won by 20. I started, I had like five, six points and he just, he just ripped me. But then the next, the next game, you know, I do some little things and he's like, I know people aren't celebrating you, but I saw what you did. You, you changed the game there. So it's just, it's constant up and down battles because they're pushing you. Um, There's good, there's bad. But that mental toughness and just staying positive. I'm a big positive guy. I'm going to say that throughout the whole podcast. Big positivity guy. (laughs) And uh, you got to keep pushing, even through the dark times, that you have to find a way to to get out of that and to um, just kind of – you can't let that stuff creep into your life and take control. You know, there's more to basketball. There's more – uh, to life than that, but it's just staying positive, pushing through, knowing the good times are coming. Even when you get through a hard season of life, keep pushing through. Um, and that's part of basketball and that's part of life. That's good. How, how have you tied your faith into basketball? Like how have you kind of leveraged that platform to, to have stronger faith or to trust God's plan for everything you're doing? Yeah. Ultimately, um, you know, God is number one in my life. Uh, Jesus Christ, my Lord and savior. Um, that's been huge for uh, my brother and I, um, you know, basketball is huge college sports, division one basketball, always been a goal. Uh, but it's given us a platform now to show our faith, talk to others. Um, you know, with our, in our college and our training, we now can talk to others about Christ, what he's done for us, his love. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge part of it. And my dad growing up, 
always said, you don't have to go around talking it, yelling about it, preaching it every second to every person you talk to, live it. And that's something we've taken pride in is um, we're not perfect. We're, we've, we've messed up. We're going to mess up in the future, but we try to live it every day where it's people look at us and it's like, there's something different about them. What's different about their, their character, their body language, how they talk to people, how they treat others, how they treat the kid that maybe doesn't have as many friends. Um, and that's Jesus, that's Jesus Christ, his love. And that's something that we try to put an example every day. You guys kill it. And y'all do such a good job of that. And it's cool. You know, you talk about being positive, like, when I look at you, man, I see light. I see, yeah, I do see Jesus and it's amazing. And I think you touched on something really interesting personally, like growing up, like I put my identity in basketball, 100%. Like yeah, I, yeah. it was everything for me. And I think you see that across the board, just even in the college level, like the demands, it's just so much demand. Like there's, you know, coaches expect a lot and, and I get it. There's, there's a balance there, but people take it on as like who they are. And I think yeah. that's where, you know, when faith can come into that, it's like, apply this to anything. Like we're talking about basketball right now, apply this to your business, apply this to your relationships. When you get so caught up in those things of this world and get put your identity in them, you lose sight of how God can use you. And I think that was the big shift for me. It was like, dude, like God's blessed me with an opportunity to play college basketball. I was no, you know, no, I wasn't near the player you were, but I knew that he could leverage me to make an impact and just be positive, whether I was deliberately talking about him or just being like, Hey man, let's go get shots up. Let's come, let's go to dinner. Like just loving people and using the platform God gave me to make an impact beyond just the game itself. That was kind of the big shift for me that I was like, man, I feel a lot more at peace about what I'm doing, the time I'm putting in that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and like you said, college basketball is demanding. Um, it, it can, it can take over your life, consume your life so fast. And that's just that that's being real. It's a, it's more than a full-time job. Um, the coaches, we, we always thought like talked about it. We're feeding like nothing. The coaches feed their families mm-hmm. by wins and losses. They win or lose based on how we play. So we're feeding their families in a sense. We're taking care of them. There's, it's, it's a business. It's, it's more than a full-time job. There's so much that goes into it. We have a bad season. Our, our coach is gone based on partially because of us. It's just, there's so much involved. But if you lose sight of why you live your life, what you're doing, the love Jesus has for us, the love we need to show others, um, it can consume you, overwhelm you, and ultimately bring you down and it changes your mindset to worldly things, fleshly things, earthly things instead of heavenly things. So good, bro. I love it. I agree. Let's talk about your transition out of Winthrop. I want to know, I don't know the exact time period when you stepped into Bremen Academy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anders initially started the platform. Yep, you got the show. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, how, did, get how, Anders. how did this start, bro? <laughs> was, it, was it a joint thing? Like, was it something you guys were doing in school? Was it like, how did, how did you guys start the academy? So we, our high school trainer that passed away, Will Starks, um, we used to train with him, uh, him and his son, Deami Starks, and we called our training the Academy. That's where Academy comes from in our name. Um, but then we owe him a, a, a lot of credit, him and his family. And then coming down here, Honors interned with some basketball companies, some programs, some training, and fell in love with it. And we always knew we wanted to do basketball for in sports the rest of our life. Um, but we started with working with some other people. We kind of learned the ropes under, you know, got some great experience. And then late February, February, early March, 2020, right before COVID about two weeks before COVID hit, we have the idea. Let's launch Roman Academy. We launch it. COVID hits. 
shut down. <laughs> and that, that, that's literally where it started. Um, but right before COVID started growing Academy, been going ever since going strong. And ultimately it sounds bad to say this COVID was one of the best things for us. Sure. Um, it, it pushed us outside our comfort zone. It forced us to get creative and it was just a really, really tough time. And we made it through that tough time. And now we're out of it. Like, you know, slowly getting out of it and things are getting easier because we worked so hard in the beginning. Um, but honors, honors had a major role in starting Drummond Academy, but I was, I was alongside of him. You're yeah. You're a big piece to the, to the team. Talk. Oh, so what do you guys do? I know. I mean, talk about the different kind of components of Brumman Academy kind of how you guys break it down and, and how you're able to kind of leverage that platform to, to bring kids into the program. Yeah. So with Broman Academy, we do individual training, small group training, group training, um, camps. We have our own league, this summer league. We are having over right around 110 kids in our league. Um, our, we have been, we played at Winthrop and the community had, was, had such a big impact on us. So many kids, families come to the locker room after the game, shaking our hands, um, getting pictures. And when we were done, we had, we had an opportunity to go overseas and play basketball, or we could start, start our training here. And we just love the area, love the community that we were like, we want to give back. We want to help these next kids, um, in basketball and in life. Um, so we, so we got that rolling. Um, but yeah, Roman Academy's training, it's fitness training, it's basketball training. Um, it's preparing them for the game, but also life. And we, we feel like we don't work. You know, it's, it's the best feeling in the world when we make our own schedule, we're our own boss. Um, but it's basketball. At the end of the day, we're doing basketball training. Like we're so blessed. We're so fortunate. People go to their jobs, sit in the office and hate it every second of it. We got to go play basketball every day and we love every second of it. Um, so we feel very fortunate. It's amazing. It's super powerful when you find that. And um, not everyone necessarily does, but the people that do, it's, it's, there's nothing to compare it to because it's literally like living out your purpose and, and truly being fulfilled by, by what you're doing. Talk about the fulfillment side of this. Cause obviously you say you love what you're doing. Like you're able to make such a big impact on on one kid at a time, on 10 kids at a time, on a whole camp, on a whole league. And then obviously we'll talk about your TikTok in a second, but talk about the impact you're able to have and kind of how that potentially could fulfill you and, and kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, big positivity guy. Um, you know, we, I, I, we preach positivity, next shot, next play. All right. You messed up. Fine. It's over. What's going to happen in the next situation? Get back on defense, get a stop. Um, we're big next play guys, big positivity guys. And we, um, our goal with our kids is to make them better basketball players. We, we, we always talk to them. We guarantee when you walk in the doors, okay. Or by the time you walk out the doors, you're going to become a better basketball player. Your skills have improved everything, but ultimately our goal is to be, when you walk out these doors, you're a better person, you're a better friend, your brother, better, um, uh, daughter, brother, um, anything, any, I just, I don't mess that up. Anything you, you want to put it, you walk out a better person than when you walked in. And, um, that's something we've been able to see, and we've seen these kids grow. And that means more to us than, Oh, this kid dropped 20 points yesterday. Oh, that kid had, uh, 35 points, whatever it is. It's like, no, that kid got an award at school for leadership or that kid got, uh, an, uh he, he went over and sat at the lunch table with some, some kids that aren't, maybe the cool kids. And he now made some new friends and he changed their day. Those are the kids 
that's what we're most proud of is, is changing these kids' lives, not just basketball, but their mindset going forward of being better people and, and, then, ho- and then hoping hopefully they go on and change the world even more than what we're doing. That's big time, dude. That's, that's something not to take lightly either. That's, that's really important. And I, th- I think that's where some people miss and um, can get easily consumed in what they're doing just for like the, the pure product of, you know, whether it's whatever business it is, like, you know, put out a service, put out a product and try to get customers and then try to make money and grow. But like when you can, when you can attach whatever you're doing product or service with passion and purpose and actually make yeah. an impact beyond just the, the service, right? The services, they're coming to train with you. They're coming to camp whatever, but they're leaving with value and purpose beyond just what you gave them in the gym. That is like, from a business standpoint, that's insane. And from like a worldly standpoint, that is just like, you're making this place better. And that's super powerful. Yeah. And, and, and people, you know, people always say like, oh, you just do basketball training. Like they, they almost talk down upon it. And it's like, yes, training is, is what we do. And it's, it's amazing. It's incredible down here in the Charlotte area, but we, we, we are helping these kids grow and develop. And our primary age group right now is probably third to eighth grade. Those are huge years as the brain is processing, they're understanding who they are, what they can do. And we've been fortunate enough to see some kids from fourth, fifth grade that are now in eighth grade. Um, and it's like, they're different people or going into eighth grade. Sorry. They're different people. Now their lives have changed. They have more confidence in themselves. They're nicer people they They go out of their way. And, um, it's just, it's, it's such a blessing and so much fun to see these kids grow um, based on the community and the environment we've built with Rowan Academy. So good, dude. So good. I want to, I want to dive into this. I know I had to bring it up, dude. Talk, I want to talk about the TikTok stardom. You are the a, TikTok, the TikTok, TikTok star. You're, you're an incredible creator. You put out really, really good content, um, primarily in the basketball world, if I'm not mistaken. Talk, talk a little bit about that kind of how that started, how it's blown up and how mm-hmm. it's kind of maybe even opened up opportunities or doors to one, make a bigger impact through your content, but also maybe from a business standpoint, you can take it however you want, yeah. but talk about kind of that, that linear progression of uh, kind of from start to where you are. Yeah. So um, I, social media is wild these days and that's how you just got to put it. Social media, media is crazy. Um, but yes, we, my brother and I, we do Instagram, we do TikTok, um, YouTube shorts are, we started it kind of just as a joke during COVID. We saw other people doing basketball stuff and we're like, why, we might as well try it. And, uh, uh, just this past week I've gained, I'm over 435,000 followers on TikTok. Um, my brother or our, my brother and my, our company's over 50,000 on TikTok, 32,000 on Instagram. Um, it's, it's crazy where it's gone. Um, but we've, the kids live on TikTok. The next generation lives on TikTok or TikTok, Instagram. We want to reach more and more kids. So we needed to use that platform to get out there, to reach them. And cause our, our goal is we love the Rock Hill, Fort Mill, Charlotte area, but there's so many kids out there that maybe don't have opportunities to go, go to a training or whatever. They just, they just have their phone. And so we wanted to get out there, reach them, whether it's, training whether it's just a life lesson whether it's to put a smile on their face for you know 20 seconds while they're watching a video that's that's something we wanted to do um and we've been blessed to work with so far dr dish uninterrupted lebron's company um espn we've just been so fortunate enough to use the social media platform we have and and 
have this some success and to meet these cool people in these businesses. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. I love it. And, and I'm so, I'm so happy for you, bro. And I'm so excited to see where it's going to continue to go. I, I talk about it a lot, like energy creates opportunity, positive energy is unmatched. And I think, you know, what you've done and accomplished didn't happen by accident and happened overnight. Um, and I think that's what people have to realize. Like, dude, if you're truly passionate about it, you put in energy, you put in positive energy and stay consistent with it. Things will, things will happen to you and change in your life that you can never even dream of. And you can't predict it or plan for it because that's just the way life works, but you got to stay at it. You got to stay positive. You got to stay consistent and do it with a hard posture. That's truly real and not for, for some fake reason, just to gain clout or to make money. Like yep. those are not good reasons. Like do it for a real purpose. It's like you have all my, it's like, yeah, you, everything you said is, is exactly what I preach. What I try to live by is positivity, consistent. And my word is, is consistent when it comes to the, these type of things. Um, you start it and it's fun. It's something new. It's different. Um, and you know, people are kind of smiling at or like they kind of, Oh, that's cool. And then you take it serious and they kind of laugh at you a little bit. And then you keep pushing, you keep grinding and it pays off. And that's a huge part of that. My mindset was your video. I don't even, don't even remember what month it was, where it was. It was like the three phases. You want to dig, you want to, you want to tell me the three phases? Yeah. I think, I think the one you're referring to is like, you know, you get an idea, you get a, you get a passion, something you really want to do and you start and and what's going to happen is until you have proof of concept, until you've gained momentum, people are going to look at you and be like, you're crazy. This is not going to work. They're going to doubt you. And, and that's, you're going to, you're going to get to a wall where it's like, you have to make a decision. You can listen to those people and say, you know what? They're probably right. It's saturated. I'm, you know, I'm not that skilled, whatever that looks like. And you can stop or you can say, you know what? I believe in myself. I'm going to crush this. I'm going to figure out a way. I'm going to believe. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be positive and break through that wall. When you break through that wall of the negativity of like the, before you've created the proof of concept, that's when you'll see exponential growth. And that's also when you'll see the tides turn. And now you've got bandwagon fans. And now you've got people hitting you. I haven't <laughs> talked to you in years. You're like, yo, Doug, what are you doing now, bro? Like, yo, let's catch up. Yeah. 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 I bet you want to catch up now. You know, that's, that's what happens though. And it's all love. I mean, it's, it's all positive, but uh, at the end of the day, like that is, that's, yeah. can you break through the, the wall? Yeah. And, and I, I'm being dead serious when I saw your video, um, like you never know which videos are going to touch, which people, which ones are going to connect which one, which one just people keep scrolling, but that video stuck out to me. Um, and it, it really changed my perspective because I was rolling. I think I was around 50, 60, <clears throat> excuse me, 50, 60,000 followers. And it was pretty cool, but at the same time, I was getting a lot of hate. People are like, what are you doing? Like, grow up. Like, you're, you know, you're out of call. Like, stop, stop doing that. And I just, I blocked it out. I kept pushing. I pushed through the wall. And then the success came. And now uh, people are like, oh, that is pretty cool. That was, oh, I like what you're doing. And it's just like, it's hard because you can either take the people that are negative to you and let that consume you and become your mindset, or you can block it out you can keep pushing. And, um, we were able to keep pushing. We pushed through it and yeah, we, we love every second of it. Uh, it's so good. And I, I do believe it's going to be hard no matter what. I don't want to paint a picture where it's like, Oh, it's going to be super easy. Just break through. But like when you establish the reason, the why, the cause of what you're doing and it's real yeah. and it's really aligned with your calling purpose. Obviously I'm a Christian. I believe that God has put 
certain passions on my heart to, to go chase down and bring him the glory. And I, when you get those kind of passions, like, dude, you can get through it. Now, if you, if you're coming from a position of like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and like that, it probably won't work out. Like you're probably going to get crushed. Um, so I I think my encouragement to people listening is like, find what's true, what's real, what's genuine and what's really in your heart and and double down on that. Don't worry about the other stuff. The other stuff is just noise and it's going to distract you. It's going to take you away from what you're supposed to do. So that's dope that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And being, being a Christian, I ultimately believe like it's not an easy path. You know, it's not going to, Oh, Oh, you believe in the Jesus, the Lord. Oh, everything's gonna be great. No, that's not the case. He, God challenges us. He throws hard times at us. He throws those walls. How are you going to get over it? Find a way, do it. Okay. And I believe that's part of the the Christian path, the walk and all, all that type of stuff. Um, but it's God's timing, God's plan. And you got to trust him. You got to keep pushing and stay consistent. Amen. That's good, bro. I'm I'm super, super excited to have you on this episode because we're doing something really cool. We partnered with Elite SRS, which is an incredible company. Not only do they come out, and I'm not going to do like a whole ad here, but just being honest, like they have a really, really good product. They put out a premium jump rope that's affordable, um, just an amazing product. But the people that they have on their team, dude, are incredible. And so we partnered with them to, to kind of have this segment about doing hard things with ambition in mind and kind of talking about the power of putting yourself in these situations. Um, so I'd love to dive into a couple of questions, kind of talk with you through some of that stuff, because I know you'll be able to bring so much value uh, from different seasons of life, growing up, being kind of an underdog to being very successful yep. in college and now to having a, a platform to help people. Like there's so many different challenges that you've experienced. So leading off with of this, like what, what do you think of when you hear kind of do hard things? Like what does doing hard things mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, hard things is something as, as humans, you don't want to do, you want to do what's easy. You want to, you want to do what's comfortable. And my thing is doing hard things is getting outside that comfort zone, pushing your limits. Um, we tell our kids all the time we train the most growth and development is when you're uncomfortable, Mm. when you're when you're going through your training and you're comfortable, you're kind of coasting. You're just, you're going through the motions. You're not, you're not getting that growth. When you get outside your comfort zone and you're doing things you've never done before, you're going at, you're going twice as fast as you have in your past drills. That's when you truly grow. And then as you truly grow, you start to understand who you are and, and your limits and, you know, all that, all that type of stuff. But it's big thing is getting outside your comfort zone. And honestly, it sounds, it sounds bad, but it, it can, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be stressful. It may be painful. Like that. Those are, those are part of um, doing hard things. It's not just, Oh, it's going to be easy. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it. If, if look, lifting and looking jacked like you was easy, everyone, everyone would be jacked. If being a division one basketball player was easy, everyone would make it that far. It's not their hard things. And you have to sacrifice different parts of your life to do those hard things and be successful. I completely agree. And I love the fact that I want to break this down too, because I'm sure, you know, you're, you're an extremely hard worker. People set out these goals. They're like, okay, I want to be Jack. I want to be a division one player. And they see kind of the end goal. And I would argue that like, yes, over the course of time to get to that point, it's going to be hard, but talk about like the incremental, like daily things that you have to do to get there. That's what's hard, dude. The discipline to daily, to have the daily consistency is hard beyond just like the, the process is going to be hard, but like the commitment to get to that point, it doesn't happen overnight. Like the daily commitment is hard. Like talk about how you handle that process in that mindset. It, it, it's very hard. And um, I got to give a shout out to Hannah Barber. She plays women's basketball at Alabama. She's 
doing social media as well. She puts after her workouts like 1% better. That's something I always see in her stuff, 1% better every day. And that's so true. And you have to be consistent in your daily habits, your daily routines, because yes, you see the end goal, division one basketball. Okay. We, we started in seventh, eighth grade, taking it really serious. There's a lot of days between your seventh, eighth grade year and stepping on foot on a college campus. There's so many days and you can't get consumed with the destination. It's, it's the process going through the, the daily workouts, the two a days, the doing the extra work. Um, you have to be consistent. And there's so many times throughout your, your walk, your journey that you hit a plateau or you hit a wall and it's like, why am I doing this? Is it worth it? That doubt creeps in the haters creep in. And those are the toughest times where you have to push through. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust your process, trust your work and keep going because you know, I'm working as hard as I can. I'm doing everything possible. It is going to pay off. A hundred percent. And I think like, yes, the activity of like, getting in the gym, getting shots up, lifting weights, like that, that activity is hard, but I would argue it's, it's way harder to not get bored or bogged down by the process. <laughs> and people don't, I feel like people don't talk about that, bro. I'll be honest. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. not something people talk about a lot. And it's something that's super important. We do need to talk about because at the end of the day, we just live in a world where it's, you want something overnight and that's just not, that's just not it. And that is why most people don't get to where they want to go. It's because they, yep. they, they just lose, lose motivation, lose discipline, lose sight of understanding that it's going to take time. And I, I want you to talk about, cause like doing hard things is tough, but talk about how you can probably, or how you find joy in doing hard things. And like, how can you frame your mind? How can you frame what you're doing to be actually enjoyable? Because I don't want it to sound like it's just going to be a miserable process. It can be fun. You just have to accept it almost. So talk about how you kind of go about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, people always, they put joy and happiness with like the result, mm. you know, they, with depending on how you perform, what you do, how many people like you, what's your status, that's joy and happiness in their eyes. But true joy, happiness is like the, is that process and, and understanding yourself and you know what? I did my best today. I'm proud of myself. I'm happy. I pushed my limits in this area of my life. I'm happy. Um, it's, it's, it's hard though. It is. But if you can find a way to enjoy what you do, understand it's the details, the little things. If you can see like, oh, I shop or I, I didn't shoot good today, but you know what? I worked on this aspect of my game. That's, that's maybe not the best. And I saw growth in it. It's, it's the little things, the little things in life. You gotta, you gotta, uh, wrap your mind around. You got to be joyful through it. And, um, cause it's so easy to look at the destination, look at the good, the bad, what everyone sees, but if you can find joy in the little things, um, I think that's going to help you so much along the way. I agree. I like that a lot. Where have you specifically seen the benefits of doing hard things in your life, whether it be a story, a season, an achievement, a milestone, where have you seen like an actual product of that kind of lifestyle show up? Yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, my brother and I started to take basketball series in seventh, eighth grade. We would go to the YMCA every morning. It's at 5, 15 AM. This isn't a story. Like as you get older, the stories get exaggerated and you're like telling, telling these kids, these stories, just, it's like, no, like, like that's not the case. This is a hundred percent all facts. We'd go at 5, 15 AM. We'd go to the YMCA. Um, I hated going, hated it hated every second of it like the, the more the mornings are not for me 
And, but I, I, Anders would go and I'm like, I'm just the odd one out. Like I have to go. And I would go to the gym. I, some days I'd shoot, some days I'd sleep on the floor. Like it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I don't laugh at me dog. I'm being serious. And I, I would sleep on the floor and I'm like, why am I doing this? Um, but then over time, uh, I kept going. I stayed consistent. I started shooting more. I started to see gro- growth in my game. Um, but it, it's, it, was a, it was a hard thing, but I saw it pay off. Not just like, oh, you played college basketball. Oh, suddenly the next year I went from eight points a game to 10 points a game. Oh, the next year I was a better leader. I was able to, you know, be on the court, uh, control the team better. Um, you know, that I, it, and ultimately it paid off for college, college basketball. But throughout that process, a lot of people don't know this, um, going into the, my junior ju- uh, July. So between junior and senior year, it's your 17U season, the last part of your AU career. It's basically the end of it. I had zero Division One offers going into July. So I have three tournaments left, no offers. First tournament goes by, was balling, was balling, all right? I was hooping zero offers other other kids are getting offers and around me and i'm sitting there and i'm like what is going on go back to the gym work my butt off keep grinding next and then keep going and then i ended up getting uh, a few division one offers but people don't realize throughout yes i was averaging in the 30s or low 40s my sophomore junior year i had zero division one offers i was waking up i was going to bed crying because of how frustrating this was of how much it hurt me. Like that's, that's the stuff people don't see is, okay. is I'm, I have tears in my eyes. I'm at the end of a workout in tears with my dad after I scored a bunch of points and no one wants me. And it's, it's, it's not fun. Like it's hard. That's one of the hard things. And I could either be done like, Hey, maybe I'm not division one basketball player. Or it's like, I know what I can do. I know my, the grind. I know the work I've put in. I got to keep pushing. And throughout those tiers, those low moments, I kept pushing, ultimately got a few division one offers, played college basketball. Um, but there's so much time in that, in the journey that isn't fun. It's hard um, that people don't see, but mm-hmm. if you can keep pushing, keep confidence in yourself, stay joyful, stay positive. Um, it'll all work, work itself out in the end. I agree. Dude, you talk, you just said it, bro. I was about to say, you know, you, people talk about how do you get confident? Do hard things yeah. and you'll become confident. We, I just got back from a retreat. We were talking a little bit about it before the start recording. I was in New York for this event called HPLT, High Performance Lifestyle Training with Brian Mazza. And on Friday morning, we woke up at four o'clock in the morning. We got on a bus and we drove an hour uh, north of New York, went to a beach, and we were instructed to do all this crazy stuff with these Navy SEALs, Ray Cash. He's going to come on our podcast um, in the next few months. He talks about profit from pain. And he talks about like, dude, if you want to like learn how to make pain, how we can interchange with hard things, learn how to make hard things, something where you're going to profit from that. Like you're going to become better. And the biggest takeaway I saw was like, dude, if I do these hard things, if I get up at four in the morning, I go down on the beach, I lay in this cold ocean water, it's freezing cold. It's cold outside. It's dark. I'm with these people. I don't know. I'm sandy. I'm wet, like super uncomfortable situation, dude, I'm, I'm becoming harder. Like, it's a hard thing, but I'm becoming harder. I'm becoming more confident because now, dude, I go do a business meeting and something. Are you kidding me? I'm smashing that, dude. Like, I go to this meeting. I go to this workout. I'm smashing it, dude, because I'm putting myself in this environment that prepares me for other things that I'm going to do in my life that are not going to be nearly as hard. 
But now I come in with this, this confidence. I'm like, dude, I've done something way harder. I can kill this. And it's just, I don't know. I've always been, I've never been naturally confident. I've always gained confidence from hard work and putting time in like, yeah, yeah. Even basketball. Like I'm not like naturally confident. Like the reason I'm confident is because I'm in the gym on Friday and Saturday night when my, when p- people are doing other stuff, you know, that's why I'm confident. Same thing with like this stuff. Like you put yourself in these situations, you're going to become more confident because, because the secret is not everyone else is doing it. And that's getting in those moments where you're leveling up. Like that's when you can, yeah, I'm, I'm harder, man. I can, I can do more now. Yeah. I love that. The, when you lost me at 4am though, I was like, no, no <laughs> yeah, you were 4, still, you 4am <laughs> you lost me. Um, no, but yeah, it's that confidence. And like I said earlier, get outside your comfort zone. And when you get outside your comfort zone, you're pushing your limits, but then as you push your limits, you start to understand what you're capable of. And it's, it's, you start to, you gain that confidence. And in a sense, you, you go back to being comfortable. You're like pushing your comfortable limits, like that comfortable, like, okay, that was hard, but now it's getting easier. Okay. I'm getting more confident in it. A month ago, I couldn't do that. Now I've got the confidence to do it. So now it's becoming comfortable. I got to push myself again. Okay. What's the next step? Oh, I got that down. I'm it's in my comfort zone. I get it. I have confidence in it. All right. Next step. A lot of people will, will gain confidence in a certain aspect or they get comfortable and then they chill. You have to keep going, find the next goal, set set another thing that you want to accomplish, keep pushing yourself because that's where we get the most out of life. Once you gain confidence and you understand how the confidence works, it's, it's, it's addicting. You're like, okay, I've got this confidence. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get that done. Oh, okay. I'm going to go get that done. That, I mean, you're the perfect example of that. You're, you're, you're crazy up here. You're, you're always trying new things. You're always trying to go do this. And that's the confidence you've learned in yourself and your ability. And then you, you're always, yeah, you're trying to push that comfort zone and keep going. It's, I appreciate it. I, I agree. I think it's, it's really cool because there is a lot of similarities. Kind of the example we're talking about, about like breaking through the wall. It, it's the same thing. It, it might not be an idea or something you're trying to like, you know, get to, but it's the same premise of like, if you don't do hard things regularly, you're mm-hmm. not going to desire them. You're probably going to have some fear and resistance. But if you can break through that wall where you're like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to put, here's the challenge for everyone listening, do something hard every week, one thing. And it could be, it could be, there's different levels to this. It could be going to run five miles. Maybe you're in better shape. Maybe it's running a marathon. Maybe it's reading a book cover to cover because you hate reading and you want to get uncomfortable. But if you can start to slowly callous your mind and like choose to be offensive there, that's when, like you said, it becomes addicting because it's not even about what you're doing. It's about seeing the implications of how it applies to other areas of life that mean something. That's when it's like, sheesh, dude, that's when you unlock levels and that's when no one stops you. Yeah. I, I like that though. Cause I always, I always say like, uh, if you're going through a tough time in life, one thing a week, find one thing on your schedule to look forward to, to be excited about that'll get you through the week. Same thing, like you said, with confidence or pushing your limits one thing that's going to be really, really hard. Um, and then, like you said, it, you don't just see the growth fitness basketball, you see in all your aspects of your life. And that's something we're big with our kids that when we train in our players and um, we've worked with five-year-olds up to NBA players. And obviously the higher level you coach, they have a lot of this already, but it's fun to see that the kids third through eighth grade, ninth grade um, start to understand confidence, work ethic, discipline, and then not just in basketball, they start applying it to the other areas of their life. And those are life, life skills, life lessons 
that when you understand a young age, they will stick with you the rest of your life. The discipline of habits and and it's been fun to see those kids grow in those areas um, because we know that'll get them further in life than being able to shoot a basketball or dribbling with your left hand. When you learn those skills and concepts, they're setting themselves up for life. I love that, bro. That's so good. Last question. Someone's in the middle of a hard season of life. Someone's in the middle of darkness. What motivation, what wisdom, what value can you give them in the middle of it? They can't see the end. They're struggling. They need, they need something from you. What are you, what are you telling that person? Good question. Cause we, we all are going to go through tough 100%. times. And, and when you get through a tough time, I hate to say it, but there's another tough time coming, you know, yeah. Oh, that you figure this out. Oh, something else is coming. But like I said, I'm a big positive guy. So positivity, consistent trust, three things I'm, I'm big on being positive. Um, next play, next, next opportunity, the joy in the little things, um, you know, the brain is so powerful. We always talk in our train, overload the brain. It's like a, it's like a muscle. We always say it's like a muscle. Like you need, you need to work it to keep growing it. Um, and we overload the brain. We, we push those limits. We we're capable of more than we think. Um, and the big, the big thing though, that can start that process of growth mentally, ugh, the ring light went out, my fault. Um, <laughs> the, that was to keep push the, keep pushing yourself, keep, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, but the last one, we, can we redo that? Are you good with that? Yeah. I apologize. No, I, told, I lost my whole mindset. Do you want me to re-ask the question? Yeah. Let me grab the other ring light. I'm sorry. That just, Dude, you're, can, can, all good. You, 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 you guys edit this whole thing, right? No, we, we, we can sometimes okay. we just go raw, but we can definitely, um, uh, you're good. It's good. It's, it's all positive, bro. We're good. Judah's going to clip it out. We're going to be, we're going to be clean. I'm sorry, Judah. I made your life. Yeah. Okay. Judah, you don't have anything else. So he's fine. <laughs> I just, Henry, here's my dog. I don't know it's decent it's, a bit, it's not loom cube but fans are going to notice the difference <laughs> i'm sorry dude you're good bro you're all you're it's all positive so should i just be good so, so how do you stop and then you like, okay last question okay yeah, yeah okay last question kind of yes that's my bad my bad fellas. it's honestly it's the cleanest fix ever tell me when you're ready i'm ready let's get it I, I agree with all that. So last question, I kind of just want to wrap this thing up. Person is in a dark time right now. They're in a, in a tough season. They're going through a, just a hard point in their life. They can't necessarily see the end. What are you telling them? How are you, how are you getting them out of it? Like what, what are some things they need to know in that moment? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's a, it, it, it's, you don't want to say it, but when you get, when you have a tough time, you get through it. Um, there's probably gonna be more tough times coming. That's life. Life is thrown at you hard, hard situations. But when you are in tough times, like I said, I'm a big positivity guy, um, big consistent guy, and then a big trust guy. Uh, you have to stay consistent with what you're doing. You have, you can't get caught up in the destination, know the process, love the journey, um, stay consistent with everything you're doing. And then positive mindset, um, you know, the brain is powerful. In our training, we talk all the time, overload the brain push it's like a muscle push it you know make it the more you work it it's almost it's almost like it gives you a headache like because you're it's so it's so mental but you're 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 growing yourself mentally good to do more things do do multiple things at one time tennis ball two ball dribbling um that'll make the game simpler 
when you get on the court and then, you know, trust, you know, trust the grind, trust your hard work, um, you know, and, and trust in the Lord and his path and his timing and that um, it'll, it'll, it'll all work itself out. I love it. Faith, faith is huge. I think too, like just, it's crazy. Like you get out of the hard time and then during it, it's hard to see it, but you look back and mm-hmm. like the hardest times I've gone through in my life have been the best times because they've put me in a better position to do what I'm doing now. And I don't think I'm doing what I'm doing now if I have not gone through those hard times. So go mm-hmm. into this moment or, or be in the middle of the moment, knowing that I can't tell you why you're going through it. I can't always you know, explain every detail, but I can tell you that if you stay positive, like you said, dude, there's going to be learnings. There's going to be things you're, you're becoming stronger, you're developing, and you're going to be able to apply the lessons you've learned and the, and the experiences that you had to go through later on in life to either be the better version of yourself, but also to hopefully help other people. Cause that's ultimately the goal. At least it is for me um, using past experiences to make an impact. So that's so good, bro. I really appreciate your take there. And uh, this has been an incredible podcast. You are a beast and I'm so excited for you and everything that God's doing in your life. And uh, I just appreciate you jumping on man. This has been a fun one. Yeah, no, this is, this has been a blast. Um, you know, it's, it's been awesome to see where ambition and mind has gone over the past year or so, you know, I knew you in college a little bit, um, gave you quite a few buckets. Um, but it's, it's been fun to see where your growth has come, you know, in ambition and mind as a person, uh, and where it's gonna go, you know, you guys, you're not stopping, you guys are impacting lives, you've, you've reached out uh, to, you've impacted a lot of college students. And now you're out here impact. Like you said, you're up in New York, you're, you're over, you're going all over the place. You're reaching a lot of lives. So it's fun to see. It's fun to track, exciting to see where you guys are going to go in, um, in the future. But I appreciate you having me on. I'm blessed to call you, you know, a friend, a brother. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative of you for pushing me and helping me grow on a daily basis. You're the man, baby. Let's do hard things with ambition in mind. Let's go. Keep ambition in (laughs) mind right there. I love it, bro. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Doug. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM Podcast. If you found this episode interesting or valuable, I ask that you leave it a rating and review so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, let's keep ambition in mind.